Org podcast coming your way. This is episode 367 Q&A. Steve Smee here and the Rick. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. So, guys, we have five great topics, um, four really good steroid topics, and then one diet topic that we're kind of throw around here. First one is worth it to use just HGH. Someone asked this on the forum. And that's actually a really good question. Uh, so HGH, we all know human growth hormone. It is basically going to come in a kit usually. Sometimes it comes in pens, but the way it is these days, it's going to come into it in a kit. You're going to reconstitute it. You're going to make sure it's in the fridge. You want to keep it refrigerated. Even before you mix the vial, you want to make sure it's in the fridge. It's going to help maximum half-life. You need to treat it like a peptide. Very fragile. Make sure you mix it very carefully. And then you're going to run it daily. Now, you know, guys run it all kinds of dosages, anywhere from one IU a day to 20 IUs a day. Um, obviously, if you're a professional at the highest levels, you're running all kinds of things. You're going to run it on the high end. But for a normal Joe who just wants the therapeutic benefits of HGH, if you get good quality HGH, there's absolutely no reason to run it more than two IUs a day. In my opinion, if you start running it three, four IUs, and I have clients that that have tried this because they are under an assumption of a more is better, you're going to start running into side effects, the carpal tunnel, possible water retention, and then the other side effects in your body, like, you know, cancer cells being enlarged. I mean, there's other, other side effects that we can't see, right? So you don't want to run it at an excess dosage. It's just not necessary to get the therapeutic benefits. So is it worth it just to run HGH by itself? If you are just a guy, okay, you're an older guy, you're in your forties and fifties and you run your blood work and your HGH levels are, are poor or lower end of the range. The nice thing about HGH is you can run HGH and it won't shut down your existing HGH. It'll add to it. It's not like running testosterone. If you're low testosterone level, say your testosterone levels are 350 or even 400 and you're like, wow, that's too low. I want to get it up to six, 700. Well, if you run any exogenous testosterone, you're going to shut yourself down. You're going to go from 350 to zero. And then exogenous testosterone is going to push you up to however much you're dosing it. So HGH is different. HGH is you're adding to it. So, you know, um, the thing is with HGH, you don't have to run it at, at a lot of doses. It's, it's, so if you've got low amounts of it in your system, you're having a tough time recovering, you're having a tough time even sleeping, you're having a tough time, you know, with, with certain things like that, you want to run a, a, a therapeutic doses of 1.5 to 2 uh, IUs a day of it, and you start noticing improvements across the board, even with libido in, in a lot of cases, then yeah, it's, it's going to be worth it. But if you're a, you're a guy in your 20s or even 30s, and you run your, your growth hormone numbers, and they're, they're in range, you're not going to get the benefits of the HGH at such a young age. You're just not. And it's just going to drain your wallet. So that's, that's what I feel about it. I think it's more reserved to middle-aged, middle-aged guys. And if your HGH levels are low, but you know, if you want to run it for bodybuilding purposes, running it by itself is not going to yield <laughs> Jack, you know, you got to run it with, everything. You got to run it with steroids. You got to run it with some insulin because you want to, you're running the HGH at a, as a high dosage. You want to throw in the insulin to bring that blood sugar back down to give you that nutrition partitioning effect. Right? So this is how body builds. I'm talking about if you're a guy who's winning regional shows in your area, you're at that level or higher. That's when you start messing around with the high the HGH and, and then throwing in some insulin and throwing in lots of steroids as of that level. But if an average Joe, I don't think a guy in his 20s or 30s needs to be messing with HGH. I heard some stupid things. I've heard 28-year-olds going to anti-aging clinics. These are guys who uh, are trust fund babies. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. They're trust fund babies. They're 28 years old or 32 years old, and they go waste 1000 a month going to an anti-aging clinic for HGH. That's just stupid. You got plenty of HGH in your body. You can do things to improve your HGH. You don't have to go spend 1000 a month at an anti-aging clinic. So it really boils down to, I would go get blood work and see where your growth hormone levels are before even considering it messing around with HGH.
What about you, Rick? What do you think? Have you have you considered uh, starting HGH? Well, uh, I'm at the age now where I actually could and would turn turn 40, so I can actually, I think now I, I could mess with it. Um, one thing I am, you and I might disagree on is on whether exogenous HGH use will inhibit your natural production. There is uh, some evidence that it does, especially when you go into the higher realms, like a bodybuilder would. When you go above four to five, I use a day. I've even heard guys taking as much as 10 IUs a day. And when you go into a, that realm, uh, there is a uh, feedback mechanism that human growth hormone in your body uses to actually regulate itself through a human growth hormone releasing factor. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think, I think, I, yeah, I agree with you on that for sure. We don't disagree on that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Okay. So, so, you know, when you use the, the GH, especially during the daytime when your body's not making a ton of it and you use it in moderation, therapeutic doses, or maybe just slightly above therapeutic doses. It's my feeling from, everything I've seen in people I've worked with that you're, you're fine to come off and you, you're, you're good. But once you go into bodybuilding realm, you know, five, 10, I use a day and you're shooting this stuff at night before bed, which is when you're during sleep is when your body makes most of it naturally. Um, that's when you can go in, into, uh, into the realm of, of inhibiting your own natural production of it. And that, you know, you can have some, some issues with that as well. Now, should you and could you use it standalone and would that be beneficial? It's a good question. I think it depends on a couple of things. Uh, I think the older guys, us older men, will get way more out of it using it standalone than a younger guy would. And two, what your expectations are. A lot of people that ask for help, they just want a little bit extra. They want things to just happen faster in the gym. They just want to speed the process along a little bit. Some guys want complete radical changes to their body. They want to get huge. They want to look completely different. For the most part, a lot of guys are just looking for a little something extra. If you're an older guy, 35, 40, 45, 55, and you're just looking for a little something extra, you could do a couple IUs of GH a day and be fine. You'll see something extra, not just improvements to you being leaner, but also your skin, your hair even different aspects of the way you look are going to be improved from therapeutic doses of GH. I mean, we know this, right? But if you're looking for just big, huge changes in the way that you look, something that's really going to just fast forward the process, you know, um, help you make months worth of progress in, in weeks, then growth hormone is probably not what you should be looking into or not standalone at least. Maybe if you're going to use it along with other anabolics, if you're going to use it along with androgenic anabolic steroids, that's a different story. So it depends on your expectations. And I think age group plays, plays a big part. I think a young man in his 20s, unless you're deficient, a couple of IUs of, of GH a day standalone might not do much for you. It might not be as impressive. And when it comes to the amount of money you're spending for the kind of results you're getting, it's probably not the best investment of your, of your time, of your money. At that point, you'd be better off with just regular anabolics, testosterone cycle, maybe standalone anabolic cycle, something along those lines. So um, that's my feeling on it. All right. So the next podcast is going to be uh, the next topic. I'm sorry, not next podcast. Um, next topic is going to be getting headaches on T-Bowl and they want to know why. So Rick, um, you can put your thinking cap on this and kind of, um, you know, I gave this some thought. I can remember the only oral that gave me headaches was, was Winstrol. I was using Winstrol with, with some trend and I was using 50 milligrams a day of Winstrol and I started getting headaches. And my theory behind that particular situation was that mixing trend with Winstrol, two very, very harsh steroids jacked up my blood pressure so much that the headaches were merely like a red flag. My body basically telling me, Hey, you know, you're killing me here. Can you please cut this out? So when I stopped taking the Winstrol and I switched to a T-ball or an Anavar, much less side effects, I wasn't getting 
the headaches, even with snacking with Trent. And also my hair, my head hair was shedding like crazy, by the way, as well. And I'm sure my prostate was bloated. So why is this guy getting it on T-Bowl? Um, I would want to know where you're at with your blood pressure, where you're at with your heart rate. I want you to test both of those at. Um, you can just go to uh, the drugstore and get like a $15, $20 cuff and kind of hook it up to your arm and just see where your resting heart rate is and where your blood pressure is through periodically. And I'd be curious to see, is your blood pressure high? Because if it's going up on, on T-Bowl, that would tell me that you're really, you've got some heart health issues going on there. So that would be my guess because T-Bowl should not, cause headaches just taking t-ball on its own it should not be causing headaches i also are you stacking it with something if you're stacking it with a moderate dose of test or some trend or another harsh steroid like that you could be you know causing your blood pressure and your you know resting heart rate to go up and that's giving you the red flag of of that i also i mean is the t-ball fake maybe you're really taking winstrol i that's a reach. I don't think anyone's stupid enough to fake T-Bowl because T-Bowl is not an expensive steroid. Another thing it could be is maybe it's upsetting your stomach and that's causing a headache. You know, is that possible? Something Anytime we mess around with your gut health, that can have a domino effect on the rest of your body. What do you think, Rick? Have you ever experienced headaches on steroids or oral specifically? That's the funny thing about headaches. Uh, they can they can come and go. And sometimes it's not just the steroid. It may be other lifestyle factors to go along with, the, with your steroid. You know, are you experiencing problems with your sinuses? That can cause uh, some pressure uh, headaches. Uh, how about hydration? Are you hydrated? You might be taking T-ball and trying to cut and maybe not hydrating properly. Uh, the blood pressure, it's something Steve mentioned. How's your diet? Have you introduced or omitted something from your diet recently? Are you taking your multivitamins, multiminerals? Uh, how about just pressure in life? You have a more stressful job now than maybe you did in previous cycles. Are you going through things with your spouse? There are a lot of other factors that obviously combined with the androgenics can cause you to experience headaches. Uh, headaches are not common with, with most steroids. You know, they're not. So I've heard guys like Steve says who report headaches when and only if they use Winstrol, but using other stuff, they're fine. So it's you got to look at everything. Is it just a terrain ball? Probably not. Not not maybe not on its own. Uh, one good way to figure it out is just don't take it for a couple of days and see how you feel. Omit your your terrible dosage, keep everything else in your lifestyle the same and see how that feels. Um, have you had any injuries? Have you bumped your head severely somehow recently? There's, there's a lot of things that can go along with it, but no headaches, not, not a very common side effect with most steroids that I can, that I can remember, or I can see people reporting uh, other other things going on in their lifestyle along with the androgens that, that, that could make something happen. Third topic. Yeah. Keep that monitor, bro. And definitely get, everyone should have this at home. Um, you know, a monitor just to test your blood pressure and test your resting heart rate. Are they, are they hundred percent accurate? No, uh, absolutely not. But they're actually, they, they do give you an idea of what's going on. You may have to test your blood, sh uh, blood pressure several times a day to get a, an accurate number. Um, but they are, you know, very accurate with resting heart rate. So that, that's something to watch. We never go into cycle when you have poor heart health. That's very, very important. Then the third topic is cruising at 70, 750 milligrams test for two years. He says if he drops the dosage down, his dick stops working. So this guy has been basically abusing tests for, this is his cruising dose, 750 milligrams a week. That's insane. A TR, TRT dose of testosterone is closer to 100, 120 milligrams a week. This guy's running 750. 
Okay, that's crazy for two straight years. And then now if he drops his dosage down to earth to a TRT dose, his dick stops working. So yeah, not good. Rick, I'm going to bring you in early on this one because you, you love using tests. I don't use tests very often myself. I haven't used tests in a cycle in a while, but you're a big test man. So what do you think about this, this question? That's a lot of juice for a very long time. Was this guy taking anti-estrogens with it? He, he. I'm sure he is, um, but let's let's use both scenarios. Yeah, that's a long time to. Well, yeah, but seven, if he yeah, seven fifty a week for two years, your estrogen has to has to get up there. I mean, unless you have incredible genetics, your estrogen is going to be through the roof. Right, but he's saying he's dropping it back down, and then that's when the leap. But he when he has that seven fifty, his estrogen is fine. His uh, libido is fine when he drops it back down to a normal level then his libido is gone. So if it was the estrogen, you know, why is his libido going down when he drops his dose? He's well, you, you need, you need, you need some estrogen for the mechanics to work. If you, if you shut your estrogen down too bad, you're also not going to be able to, you're going to have troubles, trouble getting your dick up. Most guys, this dude must have incredible genetics to be able to ride this thing out that long. And at that point, two years, I mean, unless you're holding on to just tons and tons of mass, or he's probably a watery mess. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of steroids. Uh, look, bro. If old, if the only problem you're experiencing dropping down to a TRT dose is just your libido. It's not what it normally is. But you're not getting depressed. You're not feeling really shitty. Just drop it down a little bit, slow, little by little, and let your body adjust. Your libido will need to come back eventually. Your receptors will gain sensitivity again you'll you'll you eventually get your libido back but yeah going from 750 uh your body gets used to living at 750 your body gets used to functioning with that much testosterone and then when you drop it you're obviously going to to be missing it but if you drop to trt dosing which is about two to three hundred megs a week correct that's even high for trt right less yeah, if, if you, you know, just drop it down over time, you're going to experience some problems with mechanics and other things. But as long as you're not feeling depressed, shitty, you should be okay. You should be make you should make it through. The only side effect I really worry about for guys out there listening is, is that kind of mental defeat, that kind of depression, that just, just feeling kind of doom and gloom, not feeling great which some guys get that, that depression from having these high levels of androgens that then just suddenly drop. And it's not enjoyable for anybody to feel like that. So unless you're feeling that and that is your situation, just drop your dosing down, drop it down to where, to where it's manageable to a good level. And then, um, and, you know, over time it'll, it'll heal. Obviously the herbs always help tribulus. If you are, Trying to feel like you're on on a lot more testosterone than you are. If you want to make the most out of the androgens you have, I've found tribulus to be great. I'm, I don't think tribulus really increases your testosterone, but I think it it helps your brain make the most out of those androgens. It's the reason I include it in my N2 Generate product. If you want to check it out, go to hcgenerate.com. And you definitely, uh, the tribulus in the in the, in the product should should help you feel way better. And then the other ingredients will help you pick up a little bit of your own production. That's another thing is uh, what inspired this guy to do 750 megs for two years? Are you just not producing any testosterone at all? Did you try to get your own natural production started? I mean, Clomid, a little bit of Noba, some HCG, if you don't trust the herbs, um, different herbal products that, are, that, that, are, I, I, that we have available out there, Tribulus, Fedoja Agrestis, Fenugreek, Tonkai Ali. I mean, there's good stuff out there that can definitely help with your testosterone production and not just the production, but your libido and, and everywhere and, and how you feel. So I don't know. This is this is a tough one for me, Steve. These are always tough for me, Steve, when somebody abuses themselves this much. And this is obviously somebody who abused themselves um, because he's, you know, if he was a competitor. Stepping on stage, you probably have a coach that would be advising him on this. He wouldn't 
you know, he wouldn't be looking to us for answers, I'm sure. So this is probably not a high-level competitor here. This is just a just big brolic Bob going to the office every day, looking looking huge, and not wanting to get off the sauce. But I guess final answer, man, you got to just you you know what you need to do. You got to get to a manageable uh, dosing, something that is not this absurd. This is a lot. Just make sure you drop the dosing down, little by little, and pick up with some of the compounds to help you get your own natural production kickstarted. If you are beyond that point where for whatever reason, your body won't make its own testosterone in, in any significant amount, then just drop to a TRT dose and give your body time to adjust. Your body will adjust your tolerance uh, for these compounds will lower and you'll be able to be fine eventually with just a hundred makes a week, 200 makes a week, uh, uh, a 300. I mean, uh, uh, just a regular TRT dose. Your body has to adjust eventually. Um, there is just no, I don't, I don't, I just don't see, I just don't see how you can, you can do 200 megs and not feel it. So um, if you're doing 200 mix coming down from 750, yeah, you have a problem feeling that shit for sure. But once you drop it down and, and the normality is 200 makes you, you'll be fine, man. 150 makes you'll be fine. What do you say, Steve? Well, this is a great lesson to everybody else not to do what this guy did. This is why you don't abuse steroids. Cause that what this guy did was abuse steroids. Um, at the end of the day, doing what he did sets you back. It doesn't set you forward. So could be, could be a situation where he got so used to high androgens in his body that when he took it away, when he drops the dosage down, he's not getting those high androgens anymore. My, I always say with testosterone, if you're running a TRT dose of testosterone, the androgens are normal, but if you're running a moderate dose of testosterone or more, it's, it becomes an androgenic steroid so in his situation he was running a very potent androgen and then he wants to drop it down to where it's no longer an androgen and then he's like oh my god my libido is gone well maybe your libido isn't supposed to feel the way you felt when you're on 750 milligrams and dropping it back down is just mind fucking you and that's probably what's going on here so you get used to those androgens. It's kind of like when you run your first cycle. Everyone who's listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. You run your first cycle. You feel amazing. Androgens are sky high. You haven't felt like that since you were like 18 years old. And then you run your second cycle. You still feel good, but not as much. Third cycle, fourth cycle, fifth cycle. And then you run Trend, which is the most androgenic of the main steroids. And then you go back to running Primo and you're like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> this ain't doing nothing for me. Well, because you you got used to those androgens floating in your body. And now you go back to Primo. It's like going from a Tesla, you know, which is my dream car, Rick. So hint, hint for a Christmas gift. I want to see it in my driveway. You go from driving a Tesla down to driving, uh, what do you drive, Rick? A Honda? Hyundai? Little Honda Civic. You got a little spoiler in the back and the spinning rims. <laughs> little, little, little fart can on it goes. <laughs> you got the lawnmower engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing. So, of course, you're going to feel different. But like Rick said, Rick, Rick gave you sound advice. You got to just stick with it, man, because you got to get used to it. How about just coming off everything? It's going to suck for a little while, but just come off everything. Run a, a long PCT. And just see if your body is able to recover itself. And then you can kind of dip back, dick your toes. That's why trend isn't something you run every cycle. Because if you run trend every cycle, you can never go back to EQ or Primo or a low dose of test or T-Bowl or VAR. You can't go back to it because it's like going to be crap compared to trend. So that's why you don't run trend often. You run it once a year, once every two years. Because then when you run it, you're like, damn, this shit's good. And then you come off of it and you run a different stack and then you'd be like, okay, this shit's, this shit's decent. Well, if you run trend five straight times and you go back to Primo, you're going to be like, ah, why did I spend a thousand dollars on this cycle when it ain't nothing? So, yeah. So I think that's as simple as that. It's just a mind, mind screwing with you, bro. So 
you know, you need, you, you need to get your priorities in order, man. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you knew running 750 milligrams of, of any steroid, much less testosterone for for two years straight was, was a stupid idea. I'm sure, I'm sure you knew that. Um, people who listen to this podcast are, are very intelligent people. So you knew that you chose to do it because maybe after like two months on steroids, you're like, you know what? I just want to stay on for like screw two months. I want to stay on for two years. I feel great. Well, it comes back to bite you pretty hard. And that's the least of your concerns. Rick, it, libido. How about your heart health? How about your prostate? How about your kidneys? How about your liver? How about your hair? I mean, that's a, your libido is a red flag that something is wrong, man. It's something is wrong. That's why so many people have erectile dysfunction because their hearts are screwed up. When you have erectile dysfunction, your heart's screwed up. Yeah. Also, um, you can try uh, Caber, Cabergoline, or from the natural realm, L-Dopa, uh, Prurians. That could help lower prolactin. That's uh, an automatic uh, mechanical help, help with libido right away. Because this might be a good chance that that long on that much sauce, his prolactin might, out, might also be an issue. So, um, yeah. those you know, you know it has Makuna Prunus in it? And to generate ES, extra strength. Is the extra strength version. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the extra strength version actually has it, has it in it. Some good, high quality um, L-Dopa that uh we put in there just because it, it helps in that regard the the es version the difference between n to generate classic and n to generate uh es the extra extra strength version is that it has 10 additional ingredients to help your wood you know to help you perform to help libido you know the the classic version is great for pct recovery natural test production libido all that good stuff but uh the extra strength version has a bottle of the classic already in it, plus 10 additional ingredients to help libido in different ways from the mechanics to lowering some of that prolactin to just to, to, to even just helping the way it works in your brain to, uh, cause that's, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, man, we like to have good libido. We like to have sex and it's, you know, it's a driving force in our psychology. It's one of our driving evolutionary forces. So for sure, I can see how this guy gets concerned when he's not as uh, up for the game when he drops his dosing. But unless you do it and learn to live at the lower levels, it'll never happen. You got to just drop it little by little and learn to live with it. And it'll be a process, but you just, I mean, you just got to do it. 750 for just a regular guy with a regular everyday job. That's just a lot, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, five caps of N2 Generate or N2 Generate ES a day. Split the dose or take five caps an hour or two before fun time. And that's going to get your libido good. So I would drop the dose, bro. Get on these herbals. That's, that's going to be your best solution. Or come off everything, run a PCT, see if you can recover things, and, and run the herbals that way as well. At least good, high-quality tribulus. At least some really good, high-quality. If you're only going to take one herb for this guy's particular situation where he's dropping his testosterone dose and wants to still feel up for the game, just good, high-quality tribulus. We put some incredible, good, high amounts, high-quality of tribulus in our product. But if you could only take one thing for this situation, I would, I would mess with the tribulus. Next one is, what can I expect from our first cycle in terms of how I feel. So I'll bring in Rick early on this one, but I can remember my first cycle like it was yesterday. Um, I started, I was running a sustenance. My, 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 my source at the time did not have SIP or anything. So I, I ran, I run some sustenance, 500 milligrams a day, a week. And I ran some D-ball with it. And you want to talk about a feel good stack. Ooh, man, I felt amazing. I can remember one week into it, instead of doing six reps on my lifts and then like my last rep being like a struggle, I was able to do eight rep, eight reps. So my reps went up from six to eight, same amount of weight within a, like a week on it. That's, that was a huge right off the bat. Huge thing. I mean, jumping out of bed, bro. My appetite was sky high. I was eating like two meals instead of one meal. 
I gained so much weight on that cycle. I ate like a horse on it. I worked out every morning. I ate before workout, I ate after workout. Eight, 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 eight. Gain from 7% body fat to like 13% body fat on that cycle. I gained a lot of fat. I was eating a lot. I was lifting big. I was trying to get stronger. I did not care. I just wanted to gain. I I said, you know what? I would look at uh, I looked at some transformation um, uh, vlogs online, and knowing what I know, know now, I would have never followed these guys. But these guys were putting on 20, 30 pounds, and I was like, man, I've been a skinny freaking nerd my whole life. I want to gain some weight. I'm like, I want to gain 30 fucking pounds on this cycle. I gained like 20, 25 pounds. No joke. A lot of it was water. A lot of it was fat, but I gained a lot of size and I got stronger on that cycle. So it was, uh, in terms of the size, it was, it was very successful, but looking back, it was stupid. What I did, it was very stupid because this is a marathon, not a sprint. So I wish someone would have told me what I'm going to tell you guys in that you should never go on a cycle and have a goal to gain that much weight. Even 10 pounds is too much. You should be, you know, having a, a goal, maybe five pounds, seven pounds. And you have to accept that a portion of that is going to be fat and water too, because the steroids are going to fill up your muscles with water, especially the ones that aromatize in a sustenin bowl cycle. That's a lot of aromatization. So that's what's happening. So guys, don't do what I did. It's only going to set you back because that I was 7%. I could have ran a cycle correctly, put on like three, four pounds of good, clean muscle mass and stayed under 8% and been lean and mean. That would have been the correct way to run the cycle. But I overate, I overtrained, okay? Um, and I freaking just took it to the extreme because I was so obsessed with gaining a lot of mass. And it's just not the way to do it, guys it's not, there's a, there's health ramifications to doing that. And there's also the, the strain it puts on your, your body, like physically and mentally. So if I could go back, I would not have done that. I would not have listened to these guys on, on, on forums bragging about how much weight they gain. So, but yeah, I felt fantastic on cycle. Like libido was crazy, jumped out of bed, went to eat, went to work out. It was great. I didn't want to do anything except eat and work out and bang okay and that's not a good thing because we gotta we gotta work we gotta make we gotta make a living right so unless you have a trust fund don't do what i did you know don't do what i did um you know just do it smartly guys it's not the smart if you guys are sitting at home getting ready to do your first cycle please you know be smart about it run an ai don't overeat don't overtrain set a realistic goal Set a, set a realistic goal and set a five-year or 10-year goal. Don't set a 12-week goal. I'm running this for 12 weeks. I want to gain 25 pounds. Set a five- or 10-year goal to gain 20, 25 pounds if you're a skinny guy. Don't set a 12-week goal. It's not going to end well. It will not end well. How about you, Rick? Tell us a little bit about your first cycle, how you felt. Well, I've told the story of my first cycle on the podcast a couple of times, I think. Um, I'll uh, I'll tell this guy this when it comes to your first cycle. One should have waited to do five to eight years of natural training before you hit your first cycle. It's very important you do that. Why? If you do put in the time, the five, eight years of just natural hard training before you hit the steroids, you're going to gain a good permanent size on your first cycle size that you can keep even after you get off the androgens you will just look different after your first cycle and some of that permanent size is my experience that you can gain gain some permanent size your first let's say first three cycles after your third cycle if you don't stay with it if you're not doing something uh, all the time or every so often it starts to slip away from you but your permanent gains where you looked a certain way before, and then you'll always look a certain way after. Obviously, if you don't stop weight training, but you can just do your first cycle after five to eight years of natural training, gain, you know, maybe 10, 15 pounds, um, 
I mean, that first cycle, most guys will get up as high as 30 pounds on your first cycle. But really permanently keep and gain 10 to 15, maybe 10. And then you can cycle off properly. Make sure you stay in your gym grind. Good nutrition, high high protein, good supplements too. If you if you want to, if you want to continue to take some some decent subs, and you you'll keep that pretty effortlessly. Once you go above, you know, second cycle, you might have five to seven pounds you keep. Third cycle, maybe three to five pounds you keep permanently. After that, anything you put on, um, the longer you, the further away you are from from having finished your cycle, it starts to slip away from you. It's very hard. So on the other hand, if you didn't do your five to eight years of natural training before you hit the sauce for the first time, you're going to lose, I'd say all of your gains. Most, if not all of your gains, you're going to lose. If you really sat there and like trained for two years, three years, and then hit the sauce, and then you come off of it, you get off the stuff. Six months to a year later, if you, you might just look like you did before the cycle started. It's just a difference in the quality of the muscle, the quality of the gains that you get when you've trained your ass off and really done it for years and really force that, that muscle to grow naturally for years before you throw in exogenous androgens into your system. So that's just what to expect as far as gains go in my, in my experience. Uh, as far as feeling, you're going to feel great. You're going to feel incredible. Libido is going to be through the roof. Um, one thing about your first cycle is every little side effect you get, you're going to freak out. So so just keep that in mind. You might just get up one day and your eye twitches a little bit. And then you go, oh, boy, I got brain cancer from the steroids, you know. Or you might walking around and, you know, you get a little tightness somewhere. And you, automatically you might think. It's something to do with your cycle and maybe could be in part, but don't freak out over every little side effect. Um, make sure you have ancillary drugs on hand. Novodex, if you start to feel nipples itching for sure. Make sure you have your post-cycle therapy uh, uh, ingredient, all of your post-cycle therapy drugs ready to go before you finish the cycle. Um, should, you shouldn't even start the cycle if your post-cycle therapy stuff is not ready, in my opinion. And I mean, you'd be fine, man. It'll be a big good cycle. But yeah, main thing is don't start too soon. Don't jump on the soils if you've only been. And when I mean weight training, I mean like seriously weight training. Not like you were, oh, I was kind of a little bit, took you to take time off. But now and I'm serious and so I'm going to do juice. You know, when I say five years, eight years of natural training, I don't mean that you, you had a gym membership five years ago. <laughs> and then you... You didn't go some, didn't go for months at a time, and then you come back, and then you know you you took that year off because you were stressed out because you were getting through a breakup, and now you're back. Now I don't mean it that way, guys. I mean like continuously, you going in minimum three to four times a week, pushing the muscle, hitting hitting all all of your sets until failure, really going for it. That's what you call five eight years of natural training. When you go for it, you 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 hit some plateaus. You, you did some great progress at the start, like we all do when we first start training. If we're young enough, you make some great natural progress. Then you hit a plateau or two, and you had to change up your training a little bit, had to maybe uh, change your diet up a little bit. And you hit some plateaus, got, got through them. Maybe you did some supplements, tried different things, figure out what worked and what didn't work for you. You know, if you really did it like this, you know, that's five, eight years of natural training. That's really, that that's really something. Not had a membership five years ago and I barely went. And I'm, but I'm been really going last six months. So now I'm going to hit the sauce. That's, you're doing it wrong. If you do that, you're, you're going to lose most of everything you gain on that cycle. You're not going to, you're not going to have some good permanent gains. It's just not, unless you're just a genetic freak which there are many out there, but, but this is something, uh, something to throw out there for guys. All right, guys. So last topic is about a diet question. Um, understanding calories in out and why calorie type matters more than numbers. So um, I, I'm going to post a study in the show notes that talks about a study done. I discussed this on our fasting podcast at length 
And um, it talks about a study that was on, this is the largest study ever done. It was done on 50,000 obese women. And the women were put in a caloric, caloric deficit for seven years. And during that seven years, they either uh, stayed the same weight or they actually gained. And I talked about in that podcast, and I'll talk about it again. If you count your calories, okay, calories, calories in out matter. The problem with calories in out is the number is not as important as the type of calories you're getting. Because if you get the wrong type of calories in, your calories out expenditure is going to drop. Also, if you're cutting, crashing your calories, your calories out will drop. So these people who post these cookie cutter calculators on calories where they say, okay, if you're this age, you weigh this much, you're this high, you're this gender, you should eat this many calories a day and you're going to be at maintenance or you're going to be on surplus or you're going to be in a deficit. They're only looking at one way. They're only looking at, at on one side. That's a one dimensional type of thinking. You got to look at it three dimensional. You got to look at calories out too. So, I mean, if you're, if you're just looking at calories in and not paying attention to calories out, then that's useless, you know? And these people will say, oh, it works for me. It works for me. It works for you because you're lucky that it works for you. You probably have a crazy good metabolism. You're probably just a skinny guy who can eat what he wants. So you count your calories and you eat a lot of junk food and you still stay lean. But if you're an overweight person and you're just counting calories in and you're not counting the calories out, and not understanding that if you drop your calories, your calories out also drops, then you're just going to spin your wheels. That's why fat people have such a hard time losing weight over the long term. Now, in the short run, if you drop your calories, you will lose some weight. But over time, it could be weeks, it could be months, your calories out is also going to drop along with it. So I'll give you an example. If you're taking 2,000 calories in and you say, you know what, I'm going to drop down to 1,500 calories only. So you're eating 2000 calories and you are maintaining. So you're like, you know what? I'm probably burning 2000 calories a day. So let me drop my calories down to 1500. Then I'm going to be in a 500 calorie deficit and I'm going to lose fat. Then you drop it down to 1500 and you lose some weight initially. And then all that weight comes back. And you're like, what the hell happened? Why am I, why am I gaining all my weight back? But I'm still eating only 1500 calories a day. Well, it's because the calories out went from 2000 to 1500. You see what I'm saying? So now you're burning the same amount of calories. So, and then you raise how many calories coming in back to 1750, but you're still only burning 1500 calories. So then you gain weight. So you end up heavier than they were originally because now you're eating in a surplus, but you think you're eating in a deficit. So you see my point, guys? It's not, don't pay attention to these stupid calorie counting apps and these Weight Watcher type of style diets if you want to lose fat. It doesn't work. And gaining weight and gaining mass is the same way. You, you eat more food, your calories out will also go up. Your metabolism will go up. So you're going to have a hard time gaining weight over the long term if you're a skinny guy. But most people have the opposite issue. They're overweight and they're trying to lose weight. And they can't do it. They, they keep trying and failing. Every diet they try fails, and that's why. The third equation of it, so we've got, we have calories in and calories out. And what's the third one? The third one is hormones. Hormones control gaining and storing fat and burning fat. Hormones are the third equation that no one pays attention to. Someone who's pregnant, they gain a lot of weight. If they eat the same amount of food, they will gain a shit ton of weight even eating the same amount of food because their hormones change. When you get pregnant, your hormones change. So that's why women who are pregnant gain a lot of, a lot of weight, right? So you you have hormones too, whether you're a male or female, you have hormones in your body. You have different types of hormones. You have mTOR, you have insulin, you have glucagon. You have different hormones that control whether your body is storing fat or gaining fat. So the types of calories you get in are more important than the amount of calories you get in. If you're getting your calories from junk food, fast food, refined oils, refined sugars, those aren't good calories. Those are horrible calories. That goes in your body, your body goes into storage mode. If you get your calories from good healthy fats, from good healthy proteins, from good healthy carbs, 
from fruits, from vegetables, then those are good calories. So it's going to be a different, a different number for that. So it's all about what you're putting in your body, guys. It's types of calories more than number of calories. And it's not just about calories in. It's about calories in, calories out, and hormones, those three things. And how do you control the third one, hormones? The best way is to learn about time-restricted eating and fasting, which I discussed in our prior, uh, prior couple podcasts. Um, you can go back and listen to the fasting episode where I go over it in more in detail. But if you're just paying attention to calories in, which is what these guys are teaching people, they'll charge you three, $400 to put you on a cookie cutter calorie counting plan. It does, it's not going to work. It may work initially, but over time it will not work. And that is why, because they're not accounting for calories out and hormones too. So don't just pay attention to calories in, do not just pay attention to calories in. It's not the whole picture. If you're just counting that, it's not going to work out for you. Rick, what are your thoughts on this? Good, wholesome foods. That should be your goal. Have good, wholesome foods. Anabolics help. It help. Uh, it can help shift the balance on maybe what could otherwise be shitty genetics. So steroids do help uh, quite a bit. But at the end of the day, you should be trying to get in good, wholesome foods. Uh, you shouldn't be eating any of these carbohydrates that have been separated from their fiber. White rice, white breads, some of these white flours. You'd want to have that fiber. Your diet should consist of minimum 30 grams of fiber per day to just really keep your digestion going strong. Protein, one to two grams of protein per pound of body weight per day if you're bodybuilding. Right. So you want to really focus on good, wholesome foods, supplement your protein intake with some protein powder, whey protein, egg protein. It's just a good, easy way of getting more of that protein you want. So you can have a, a good, high quality protein diet um, without taking in uh, too many fats, without making it hard on yourself to eat. If you're looking at losing body fat, Math's pretty simple, you know, just caloric deficit to make sure that what you do eat is nice, healthy, good, wholesome foods. If you're trying to gain mass, then just have good, good, wholesome foods, slam on that protein shake. If you're one of these bodybuilders on a cycle and, and you're having a force feed to get some of your protein in, you could do a, this is a quick trick. Uh, you could do brown rice with chicken breast, sliced up chicken breast and some bone broth and throw that in a blender, make a goo out of it, drink that. That'll make you gain some serious weight and it'll be real easy in your body to digest that. So good wholesome foods. I mean, uh, I'm not, I don't think that you can add pop tarts and, and fast food into your everyday bodybuilding diet and think that somehow that's going to be okay because it somehow meets your macros. If that was the case, we could all just slam a bunch of protein shakes and, and eat Mickey D's and Wendy's and, and pop tarts and somehow meet our macros every day and look incredible. As long as you slam enough of that protein to keep your protein high, but it's just not going to work that way. You're going to look like shit. If you, if you eat like that, you really want good, wholesome foods, good organic fruit. Also, I'm not into juicing. These juice machines that separate the fruit and the vegetables from their fiber, I'm not big on that. If it's a once-in-a-while thing where you, you have your 30 grams of fiber every day, you do eat whole vegetables and whole fruits, but then you want to throw in a, just an extra juice on top. So you make yourself some, you know, carrot and orange juice or something with your juicer, a little celery in there just to have a, a, something additional. That's great. Okay. But don't be these part, one of these guys that, or girls that just runs their celeries, their carrots, all of their cucumbers, everything through the juicer. And you just drink it and, and throw away the fiber and throw away all the good stuff, really. You don't want to do that. It's not the right way to do it. It's a compliment. Yeah. As a way of 
this is the only way I'm going to have my vegetables. No, it's not the way to do it. So the foods matter. Good, wholesome foods matter. There is uh, nutrition. There's other things in there that you want besides just the calories. It's not just about the calories. The nutrition matters quite a bit. And you want to be supplementing. You want to make sure to take your daily multivitamin, multimineral. If you're on steroids, Entugard will provide the multivitamin, multimineral needs you need. If you're off of steroids, uh, have a product called 3D Multi, which covers everything for a weightlifter that's natural, but you don't need that like additional liver support, uh, you know, lowering cholesterol kind of stuff that you really need on cycle that you that you want to use Entugard for. You could use a 3D Multi. It's not as expensive. It's, it's a very inexpensive multivitamin and it'll work. It'll work for you just fine. So use that. But yeah, nowadays you have to take a multivitamin every day. It's it's we're just at that point in society now where even if you go and spend all of the money on on good organic foods, you're still going to need to supplement your diet with daily multivitamin, multimineral. It's just the way it is. You know, it's just just the way just what we're at today. With, with the way our, our food supply works now. Uh, the foods just don't have the kind of uh, nutrient density than they did back when your parents and, and your grandparents were going to the supermarket. It's just a different, different ball game nowadays. So definitely daily multivitamin, daily multimineral. Stay away from, from all these uh, franchise foods. Most of that stuff is designed to be addictive, designed to just make you addicted to those empty, empty calories and protein powders. I'm big on protein powders because they're nice, clean sources of protein and make it so much easier to do the the one to two grams of protein per pound of body weight. Makes it so much easier to do than having to try to chew through all this meat and chicken breast to, to get to those macros. So protein powders, daily multivitamin, daily multimineral, and then fill in the rest with good wholesome foods um, that are not separate, separated from their fiber. And I think you'll you feel great, look great, and achieve your goals. Yeah, and this is a subject, um, you know, listen, there's, this is a subject that we can kind of talk about for a while, guys. But at the end of the day, you know, um, if you get used to eating junky foods and you're one of these IFYM people and you're listening to this and you're like, Steve, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I can just count my macros and count my calories. I can eat Pop-Tarts and pizza and, and McDonald's and I still look good. I look better than you. You know, if you're one of those people, listen, at the end of the day, how you look, again, that's a one-dimensional thinking you know, you can look like Ronnie Coleman and still be dying on the inside. And I've done on the hardcore episode, we've done several people. We did an episode on Flex Wheeler. You know, he lost a limb, right? He lost a limb because his kidneys failed him and he blamed it on an existing issues. But the science doesn't back that up. The science says when you abuse steroids and you're that muscular, your kidneys will fail 90% of the time. They will fail. You will shorten your life. So eating food that's crap, putting that in your body is going to catch up to you and is catching up to you because that's affecting your gut health. That's affecting your metabolism. That's affecting your brain function. That's affecting your kidney function. It's affecting everything. It's affecting everything. So you should, you need to really, I'm an advocate of a natural lifestyle. I don't put things in my body. That's, that's not natural. Um, I'm a little more of a, you know, more strict than Rick is, I think, because I don't put protein powder in my body. I don't think protein powder is a natural food. I think it's a chemically processed food. Now, if it's a good quality protein powder, then yeah, yeah, I, I can be, I can agree with you on that one, Rick. But most protein powders out there are crap. The one that uh, Into-BM used to sell had six ingredients. It was an excellent product. So that, that would be an excellent product. 
But if you look at the protein powders, 99% of them on the market, just look at what's in them. It's crap. High fructose corn syrup, soybean oil, refined sugars, sucralose. They put all this crap in there. It's just stuff made in the lab. It's not even real food. So it's different. But the one you used to make, Rick, was real food. It had peanut butter. It had, it had good ingredients. And you sweeten it with, with natural stevia. So that's, that's different. But I'm talking about 99% of protein powders. I'm talking about 99% of the protein bars. Protein bars are shit. Stuff so you get the at the, the stuff you get at the big stores, like your your Costco's and BJ's and stuff like that. Yeah, they've got a they're really trying to compete on price uh, for that shelf space. So they'll end up doing um putting stuff, some some stuff in there. Probably it's not it's not the best. You really, when it comes to protein powders, you want to shop at your uh, local health food store and really talk to them about some some good good whey protein and and look at the label it shouldn't have a ton of ingredients in there it's really i mean just about five or six seven might be all you need and definitely the work corn shouldn't be in there under any circumstances all right guys so yeah that sums it up guys so think about it think about your gut health um and again when you eat shit it affects your calories out because your body's like a machine. If you put good, clean foods in your body, you'll keep your metabolism strong and keep it metabolically strong. If you put crap in your body, it's going to slow down your calories out. So yes, a calorie is a calorie. Scientifically, that is true. A calorie is a calorie. The calories in a Pop-Tart are going to be the same calories in a, in a sweet potato. Absolutely. But you put a Pop-Tart in your body, the calories out changes. The hormones in your body change, your gut health changes, your organ health changes, everything changes. Aside from the calories in, you know what I'm saying? Everything else changes. So that's why it won't work. It won't work long-term. It won't work. So stick to, stick to clean foods. So yes, a calorie in, a calorie in, calories out works. But when you eat the wrong foods and the wrong foods are coming in, the calories out will change and the hormones will change. So you are not getting the calories in, calories out you think when you're eating crappy foods and bringing crappy foods in your body. So I think those of you out there who are IFYM people can agree with that, okay? Because if I come out and say calories in a calorie, you guys are gonna flip out and go crazy. So yes, I am admitting a calorie is a calorie, but what I am saying is calories in, the type of calories in, matters. The type of calories in matters, not the number. The type matters. That's, that's what I'm saying. Look into it, guys. Look at the study that I'm linking in the podcast before you want to attack Steve because Steve doesn't know what he's talking about. Look at that study, take a look at it, and find a study that actually shows that counting calories long-term works because you cannot. It does not exist. Try it though. I had a guy on the forum actually try to look up a study and he found a study of eight people <laughs> and he tried to link that. And I actually told him that study actually proved you wrong. It didn't prove you right. So it's, it doesn't exist guys. They've been studying this shit for 120 years. You're not going to outsmart the scientists on this subject. So trust me on this. The type of calories is what matters, not the amount, the type. And just quick example, uh, a piece of bread. If you have white flour, though, just regular run-of-the-mill white bread where it's been stripped of its, of its fiber, or you have good whole grain bread, even if they had the same number of carbohydrates, the white bread will most likely make you fat while the whole grain bread won't. It's a different process that the whole grain bread goes through. It doesn't release all of those carbs into your body as quickly because it has that, that fiber uh, that slows it down a little bit. And just, uh, um, gosh, if you just counted even the little additional extra energy, your body, your digestive system uses to get the carbs away from their fiber uh, and into your body. Just, I mean, you, you just those two tiny little, little, little factors um, on just a, a regular slice of bread. The fiber makes it so that the carbs is lower released and your body will spend a little bit extra energy um, digesting that fiber uh, to get the carbs out. 
than if you just dump the the bre- the white bread in there without any fiber. Um, I mean, really quickly you begin to to see where where we're coming from with this. Even even in your mouth, you know, you take a, a piece of of whole of whole grain bread and you hold it in your mouth, it's not going to really turn sweet. Those enzymes in your mouth are not going to be able to make it turn sweet right away. You do that with a little piece of white bread. You hold it in your mouth long enough. The enzymes in your mouth break it down and you start to get a sweet taste out of it. it it's turning into sugars already in your mouth. I mean, these are just too tiny, just a very small slice of an example for you of why you know I advocate, hey, I just push it on the podcast over and over again. Good, wholesome foods organic foods good uh you know don't stay away from any of these starches that have been stripped away from their fiber you want to get about as whole foods as you possibly can and it'll 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 make you feel better make your digestion better you'll you'll look better you'll poop better and it'll make it a lot easier i think to to stay leaner with less drugs my opinion yeah, guys, and if you have any questions about this, seriously, guys, I'm available on the forum. Post up a thread. Hit me up. Um, we'll, we'll do a consult. We can kind of go over, you know, your diet and stuff. We can get this ironed out. At the end of the day, you know, you're paying me a fee to do a consultation with me, but you're kind of cutting to the chase. I mean, I've spent years studying this stuff, reading nutrition, looking at studies more than anybody, more than anybody out there, and I'll challenge anybody on nutrition, anybody wants to challenge on nutrition, I will definitely debate them. And um, on this stuff, I put in a lot of hours, guys, just like when you hire an appliance repairman to come to your house and fix your washer, you got to pay him a lot of money to come uh, uh, for a guy, you know, who, you know, in that situation, you have to pay him some good money. Why? Because he went through a lot of training and reading and researching and trial and error to figure this stuff out. And it's the same with me. Luckily, my fees are not expensive, guys. I mean, I don't charge anything close to what some of these other guys are charging. So hit me up, Steve SMI, on the forums. ASAP, hit me up ASAP, guys. My, uh, I don't have many spots available. I'm a busy guy, but hit me up, and I can definitely help you get your nutrition on point, guys, and teach you stuff that nobody else will teach you. And um, so, I mean, that sums it up, guys. This was another episode. We will have more episodes coming your way in the future. We have some cool new compound episodes where we're going to be actually classifying steroids and talking about steroids as classes. And uh, no other podcast does that out there. So um, I thought up the idea, right, Rick? I thought it up. I'm always coming up with the newest cutting edge ideas for these podcasts. Very good idea, Steve. Yes, for sure. yes sir. All right, guys. So this was number 367 Q&A. If you have any other Q&As, hit us up, guys. Steve SMI and Rick, how did they get a hold of you? Guys, if you want to come check me out, if you want to come ask me some questions, if you want to just come and say hi, uh, rickyvrock.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y, V as in victory, R-O-C-K.com. Best place to, you get there and you'll be able to see where my uh, social is. You could friend me right on Facebook. I still have room. Once I reach the 5,000 uh, friend threshold, I won't be able to friend you anymore, but just send me a message. I answer every single message I get from you guys. And a lot of your questions make it onto the podcast. Uh, there's been a couple of you that sent me some good questions that we've made a whole podcast out of your, out of your inquiries. Uh, so just make sure to hit me up. Let me know what kind of content you want to listen to. And, and they, or if you have any questions, um, anything you need, um, if you're working with a coach now and you're having some issues, you might think you're being led in the wrong direction. Uh, I'll take over your take. I'll take a look at your program and see what you're doing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm pretty booked up right now when it comes to consultation clients, I, I can't take on any, any guys right now. Um, at the time of you listening to the podcast, it, it that could change. So if you have any, any questions, hit me up. I don't take on many people per month. I, I want to make sure that if I take on someone, you're not going to feel uh, like you didn't get the best possible service. 
So uh, I don't take on that many people so that I can take really good care of everyone that I work with. But yeah, just uh, come in and ask a question, man. It's free to ask questions. It's uh, free to get some of your questions on the show. Uh, if you want me to take a look at what you and your coach have been doing, just uh, hit me up and I'll be sure to help you out, man. I'm always here for you guys. Also, if you want to email me uh, some some of your questions, if you want, if you don't want to reach out on social, best one is uh, RickyVRock at Gmail. That's R-I-C-K-Y, V is in victory, R-O-C-K at Gmail. All right, guys, that sums it up. We'll talk to you guys next week with another episode. Take care. Take care of each other, guys. Have a great holiday. We love you. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.